the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Nice week. <clears throat> wow. Can't speak. <laughs> I got attacked as soon as I got on the radio by my own body. But uh, anyway, hey, I am Bill Bullington. <coughs> wow, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here every Saturday morning, mostly. Um, you can reach me on my website if you if you hear something here and you'd like more information on it. Feel free. It's BullingtonCapital.com, and you can call in today if you have a question. To ask two one six nine zero one zero nine four five two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. I'll try to answer any question to anything financially related if I can. And if I can't, I'll go back and look it up and talk about it next week. So it's amazing how many topics throughout the years I've gotten by making that offer. And it's really helped me dramatically to increase my own knowledge. So that's pretty cool. In fact, they don't teach that in uh, in school. <laughs> you learn more out of school than you do in school. It seems like that way anyway. But I'm going to go right now to the phones, and I've got a caller. Paul, you have a question for me? Uh, hello, Bill. Uh, last show you mentioned about the the 1% rule, and you wanted somebody to okay. try to articulate it for you? Yeah. Yeah. That... Okay, I'll, I'll try. Okay. Um, let me turn my radio off first. Okay. Um, when you're de- when you're dealing with momentum investing and in individual stocks, most important part of the whole process is to make sure that you limit your losses and you ride your winners. Otherwise, you're going to end up losing all your money in it. And to limit your loss to one percent, um, you have to, de- depending on your trailing stop loss, what percentage it is. You do your calculation. Um, let's say it's a 15% trailing stop loss order. 
So in order to limit your loss to 1% of the account, or roughly in that vicinity, you take the 1% and divide it by your trailing stop-loss order, which is 15%, and and you end up with around, uh, let's see, 6.6% uh, of your portfolio that you can you can use for buying that individual stock. So if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your account, uh, you could you could put uh, six thousand six hundred dollars for that one individual stock uh, that you want, and and that way your your losses will be very slim, and you're you're not you're not gonna, and you just ride your winners when something comes up that is better than that. Right. Well, you got that exactly. <laughs> so you get the prize. Yeah, I'll send it to you on Monday. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, thank you. That's awesome, Paul. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Uh, he got that from um, my website. Uh, actually, mine and uh, my partner's website. Um, Mike Seeger's been running the scans now for a few months, doing very well. And it's on there. That 1% rule is, is on there. It's written on there. So uh, um, that's cool, uh, and it's exactly right. And we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later in the show. Uh, I used to do that a lot more than I do today. Uh, that whole methodology, it's very specific, and it used to be. Actually, a lot of my clients, you know, were around when I was back back when I was doing that, and they remember that um, because it, it's that actually was very very effective. So. Anyway, the 1% rule, that is the most important rule in when you're trying to be a momentum investor. Now, most people, you know, now they're not momentum investors. The vast majority of people are not momentum investors. And there are good reasons for it. The market's so volatile that, you know, you can see your whole portfolio up or down, you know, 10 or 15% in one day. So that's why so few people are still doing it. That's actually one of the reasons that, that I only do it for a very small percentage of my money. So anyway, and that is on the edge. You're going right to the edge. That 1% rule is what differentiates professionals from amateurs. Amateurs don't think about controlling the risk. The professional, it's the only thing on that. Well, it's the first thing on their mind. I shouldn't say the only thing. It's the first thing on their minds. How much risk am I taking? I, I had a, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool. So we'll come back to that kind of stuff a little bit later in today's program. Uh, normally I, I do that. And I just lost my internet connection. What's up with that? The, uh, huh. Now it looks like it's trying to come back. <laughs> so risk control, this is where it gets really important uh, when you're retiring. Risk control, well, risk control is always important. The thing is, when you're young, you have more time and you're going to be making more money. So you've, you've got uh, the time and the, the money that you can put into the future. So risk control is still really important because psychologically, uh, investing is 95% psychological. It is not the math you know. It's not having a better skill set. I can teach you that in less than an hour. And at some point in time, I think we're going to do that. There's an investment club. And you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know you're listening. The uh, I've been working 
I think I might have a facility for us that we could still meet at because it's we can keep the social distancing. And uh, I have not forgotten about you guys, so so don't worry about it. And these guys are are uh, the investment club. When I get their permission, I'll actually have them on the air uh, at some point in time. But I think I may have a meeting space for us, and I think I also may be able to do the investment club on Zoom, which they've been doing already. And but I have to do. I have to get a. Actually, I have to get a separate computer for that because I don't want the software that I use on my day-to-day stuff uh, on the same platform as that is going to be on because I don't want any chance of, of crossover and somebody trying to hack my computer because that would be a bummer. <laughs> but anyway, so we'll probably have some Zoom meetings in the future uh, where we're talking about this kind of stuff. And we're talking about value investing. I was watching this morning. I got up. I woke up early. Couldn't fall back asleep. So I see this hour-long interview that was done re- fairly recently with Warren Buffett. The guy is he's close to 90 years old, if he isn't already 90 years old. Sharp as a tack. That, that blows my mind <laughs> that he's still that sharp at, at that age. That is um, it's amazing. So, and... Most of what he does, you know, he's a value investor. He would not touch a momentum stock. He doesn't want to hear about that. <laughs> That's not his style. And I can't tell you how important that is. When you're doing investment planning, which is second only to budgeting in the list of importance on, on all of financial planning, budgeting's first, investment planning's number two. These are my opinions, by the way. You feel free to, to form your own. But... uh Investment planning part of it, you, you, you kind of have to decide what kind of investor are you going to be. And there's some educational stuff that you need to go through. You need to find out that the average stock's average range per year is 50%. Nobody believes that. When they come into the office and then I show them, and then I write a check for $10,000, and I say, you know, if you can show me a stock that's been around for 20 years, it hasn't been down at least 50%, at least once you can keep this check. By the way, if you're wrong, you're going to owe me 10000 <laughs> So I, I've never had anybody take me up on that. And it's a good thing because I wouldn't make that. I, I wouldn't do that if I didn't already know what the answer was. So stocks are, are volatile. I mean, really volatile. They've always been volatile. In fact, the volatility levels are not significantly higher today than they were back in the 70s, 60s, or, or 80s, or 90s. It's really not. It's always been that way. And, and I'll always have somebody who wants to argue with me over that. No, no, it's not. Yes. <laughs> I, why would I say that? <laughs> Do you know how many people that scares out of investing? It's because they don't realize you don't really have another choice. You know, if you're going to invest and you're going to make more than today, you know, a 1% CD, 1%. Let me put that into perspective for you. 1% on a CD, if you have $100,000, that's going to give you $1,000 for the entire year, which incidentally you're going to have to pay taxes on. $100,000 gives you $1,000 today. And I think I was talking about it this last week when uh, Jerome Powell last spoke to a group, a huge group of big-time money managers. He was saying that interest rates 
we're probably going to stay low for the foreseeable future. And that, that's a problem. The people that, that know about stocks, they know what the volatilities are. They know which kinds of strategies have a tendency to fit their own personality. They know what they can put up with because they've done some research or they've been with an advisor who shows them. That's really what a good advisor does. A good advisor does a lot of research, like a lot of research. They can explain the difference between a momentum fund and a value-oriented fund. Two opposite ends of the extremes. One's the buy low, sell high. One is the buy the stuff that's going up real fast. Right now. (laughs) Those are the two. Warren Buffett's the value guy. Warren Buffett likes to try to figure out when stocks are selling below where he thinks they should, what they should normally sell for. He calls that intrinsic value. When a stock is selling for less than its intrinsic value, or if the stock is a really good company, i.e. has healthy sales and sales growth and super healthy profit margins, just to paraphrase, because if you read his descriptions over the years, it's they're several pages. <laughs> I just saved you a lot of time. So you got a, a company that it's got a decent growth rate in sales and very high profit margins, very hard to duplicate. That's what he, he likes to invest in. And then he likes to hang in there for the long run. And he puts up with the big declines. Now that takes a special personality. Absolutely. Got to have an unbelievable amount of patience to invest that way. You got to have a lot of humility because a lot of the pay, a lot of the stocks that you invest in are not going to work out. They're not going to work out like you thought they would. Some of the stocks that you invest in will work out a lot better than you thought they would. That just has, you know, have a tendency. By the way, if Warren Buffett had a crystal ball that worked, he'd actually, we'd all, everybody in the world would be working for him because he'd own everything. He's old enough to have done that. <laughs> and uh, Bezos, this guy's, he's very bright. As an investor, I'm, I'm not so sure. I know a lot of the projects that he funds through Amazon end up failing. I know that he likes to talk about it, which my hat is off to. I, I love it when a manager of a big business talks about his failures. Why? Because we all have them. We're gonna, you're going to have them. In your investing, people have a tendency, a lot of novice investors have a tendency to think that professionals don't make mistakes. Warren Buffett's been down more than 50% more than once. I think it's three or four times. I have to go back and check exactly how many. But think about that. And he's the best that ever lived. What are the chances of you not doing that? Well, the only way that you can do that is to stay out of stocks. Just don't invest in stocks. Take that 1% and like it. That's your choice today. Take the 1% and like it. And I know that doesn't sound good. It's, it's a tough position. We're all in it, and it's tough. So what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm looking around. I, there are several choice. You have several options now. Several options as to what you can do about the super low interest rates. The first option that most people look for is they go around and look for stocks that are paying 5 or 6 or 7% uh, in a dividend. And let me ask you a question. Why would a company who's a healthy, growing company, who's not desperate, 
be willing to pay five or six percent when everybody else is paying one. Why would they do that? Just the kindness of their hearts. (laughs) They're trying to do good for society. You know, they are publicly traded, right? (laughs) So the reality is that higher yield normally comes with risk. There's risk involved. Can you get something that's got super low risk that yields five or 6%? Not today, not in this environment. Now you can get an income and I've been talking about this for a while, a few weeks now. It's a, uh, it's called a fixed indexed annuity. It's relatively recent on the investment scene. A lot of annuity products out there, people either love them or hate them, which is really kind of weird. I get it, though, because there are a lot of them that they're just not very good. They're just super expensive. You won't make much money on them. And there are a lot of them that are basically investment vehicles only, have super low expense ratios, and are tax deferred. That's a big deal. And then you got a whole bunch of stuff in the middle. And the, the latest iteration I like is called the fixed index. And, and I, you know, I've been talking about this product. The product I like the best is, called, is from Nationwide. And feel free to email me or call to get a link to go to their website to see how much income you might be able to generate. I can tell you that it's a lot higher than CDs, but it's not a CD. In fact, I'm going to tell you that when you invest in something like that, you're looking for you're looking to generate income and they're willing to guarantee that income for the rest of your life and it's substantially higher than what you would get in CDs but it, a CD matures one day you get your principal back this is a uh, a stream of income that you plan on keeping spending or reinvesting that's what i'm going to do i bought mine for 10 years it will guarantee that my future benefit is going to grow by 7% a year if I were to take income from it next year, it's not, not going to be nearly as high as it will be 10 years from now. So 10 years from now, it, that's the cap. Uh-oh, I hear the music. That means I have to take a break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. I don't know where to go from here. It all used to seem so clear. Should have waited. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Feel free to call us, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And you can reach me on my website, bullingtoncapital.com. If you hear something you'd like more information on, feel free to reach out. I will get back as quickly as humanly possible. Do not feel like we are going to hound you. I have an incredibly difficult time calling the people who want to talk to me. <laughs> so don't worry about that. <laughs> And by the way, I was just listening to that vacation fixation. Um, this, this is actually from a client of mine. I took a trip there and it was awesome. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I just told them where I wanted to be and they handled everything else. So uh, and I, I guess they do a lot of their work through Facebook. I went right to the website. But uh, if you go to Facebook, you can go to vacation fixation. And I'm telling you, they'll just they'll do all the planning for you. Boy, is that a relief. And um, anyway, I'm going to go to the phones right now and I... Uh, I think I know which Adam this is. Hey, Adam, is this Adam, Mr. Adam L? 
<laughs> Good morning, Bill. Yes, it is. I had to use code because I didn't have your permission to use. To use your oh, real name. That's all right. There's but, nobody looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, I had a question about a stock, Purple Mattress. And I know okay. you mentioned it a couple mm-hmm. times. Yep. Would you consider that a momentum stock or more of a value? Um, well, it's both. actually got the properties of both. Okay. And uh, here's where um, I'll tell you. It's uh, revenue. Oh, wow. This is cool. They just They just recently reported. So revenue was $529 million last trailing 12 months, okay? From if you compare that to the uh the previous quarter a year ago, the revenue's up 60%. Okay? Now, this company just came public. So they don't have a lot of uh profit yet. When a company just comes public, there are all kinds of expenses that they have to pay off and there's a uh it's hard to tell what the actual earnings are going to be for a while so that's where when you're doing analysis on something like this you want to look at other companies that are kind of similar to they are and there are a whole bunch of my use y charts by the way i use the professional version i think the retail version is only 50 bucks a month so uh, uh if you get that you can see everything that i'm talking about here and it's in one place uh, the professional version they charged me three hundred and fifty a month um but yeah but it it it's got a lot more stuff on it uh and it actually has their numbers that they that they file with the s c c so that's pretty cool that's that actually it's a pretty good deal at that price even if you were an individual investor um and it's a lot you'd have to uh you'd have to have a big portfolio to justify spending that kind of money <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then you get to do all the work. But the uh, so here's the thing. Right now, it's got a um, the market cap. The stock's value is about one point one, a little bit over one point one billion. The revenue was five hundred twenty nine million. So the price to sales ratio is actually less than two, and the sales are growing by sixty percent. Okay, sales sixty percent. Yeah. Now I can tell you that I own one of those mattresses. I own the stock. Okay, and I'm just. I'm just gritting my teeth. <laughs> that's what I'm going to, that's my strategy with that one. Gritting my teeth. The same thing Warren Buffett does. One of the reasons that Warren Buffett's one of the world's greatest value investors is when his stocks drop a lot, he doesn't panic. He goes back and looks at the story. Is the story still intact? And then he'll buy more. And I can, okay. yeah, and I can tell you the volatility of his um, Buffett partnership before he became. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway because he decided to take all of his money and return it to shareholders. He had a fund, by the way. He was a hedge fund manager. They didn't call them hedge funds back then. They called them limited partnerships, which is actually what they are. And so he shut down his partnership and he just kept Berkshire Hathaway and he used Berkshire Hathaway to acquire other companies. And this is the kind of stuff that he would do. He would look at what the company's doing. How much are their sales? What are their, what kind of profit margin can we expect? By the way, the gross profit margin for uh, Purple last quarter was 49%. That's super healthy. That's super healthy. Mm-hmm. The profit margin when they got through all their fees and expenses was minus 1.2%. Now, that's over a, uh, yeah, that, that was for the quarter. People go, well, that's not very good. Well, actually, for a company that's only been public this long, that is pretty good. You know, because they have a lot of expenses that they end up in the first year or so, first couple of years sometimes, 
when they come public, they're taking expenses that are not actually cash expenses. Some of them are, it's just accounting uh, jargon, but you have to look into it further to see. Anyway, I can tell you that right now they, they, they are amortizing some expenses that they've had on the books. Those are going to go away over the next two, three years. Okay. I do understand they're building another production facility. Yeah, These guys, what's really wild, if you look at their website, okay, and, and I bought one of the mattresses, and again, I own the stock. So, uh, I, mm. by the way, I never put a ton of money in individual stocks anymore. So it's, it's not like if this stock were to go to zero, um, I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> so, yeah. it, and that's how I recommend most people do individual stocks today. Uh, if you think you're going to lose sleep over this, then you're too heavily invested in it. You know, cut it back. And, I just uh, bought the long-term calls, and they really aren't on long-term. They only have until January next year. Yeah, well, but, uh, and that's a a valid wager, but that's a wager. That that's um, not yeah. uh, really an investment. Um, I think you probably will be okay. Uh, I think it, it's got a chance that it could do really well. You got a, a company with a price to sales ratio that's under two. That's growing by 60%, who has a 50% gross profit margin? That almost never happens. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean, now because I said that and I be, because I was, it's probably going to crash tomorrow. <laughs> well, we got the idea from you, and I knocked on the door every meeting we've ever had with our club for the last two or three months. And, you know, nobody's ever heard of it. They, they don't believe it's true. And I'm like, well, they make a lot more than mattresses, too, but that's their main product. Yes. Well, and here's what's wild about it. Um, the guy, they remind me of the guys that started Snapple, um, except the guys that started Snapple were, uh, they were just college buddies and they kept trying businesses their entire lives. They kept failing. <laughs> they, they got up into their late fifties and they, they launched this company called Snapple. And by the time they were in their late sixties, they went public. And a couple of years later, Quaker bought them out and those guys were worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, uh, so well, the founders just retired for this company. I understand. Yes, the two founders for Purple is that right? Yeah, because they were the engineers. They were the ones that designed the product, the the grid, the Purple Grid, which has got the patents on it. And okay. they they turned this over, and this is what's really interesting. So they turned this over. They they were the brains behind the design of the mattress, and it is unique, and it is patented, it's protected at least for the you know next fifteen years or so. And uh, uh, they got a hold of some marketing people, or some marketing people got a hold of these guys. And I'm looking at the sheets that they sell for this. And you need special sheets for this if you don't want to give up some of the comfort of the mattress. You need it. So, and then they have these pillows. They've got all these ancillary products. And I'm looking at the prices on those things, like a pair of sheets, a set of sheets for this is 100 bucks. But, but with, (laughs) Yeah, but without the and you know how much sheets cost. Go look on Amazon what a microfiber sheet <laughs> sells for. <laughs> and, and by the way, when you uh, when you put a regular sheet on this thing, it loses some of the comfort that probably got you to buy the mattress to begin with. So you you're going to want to have at least one pair of those expensive sheets, and the profit margin on that has got to be astronomical. <laughs> And when, wow. you, yeah, and when you, and they have things to sit on, like I'm, I, I'm actually ordering one. Uh, I just, I've been holding off on it cause I'm thinking, well, maybe they'll bring the price down. Nope. <laughs> so they got a lot of cross selling going on. Then. Yes. And the cross selling okay. and for the bands 
of the world. Anybody that knows anything about the music industry uh, understands this term called merch. You know, they're talking about merchandise. That's where they, uh, a lot of the bands today, they make an enormous amount of money on that. Uh, in fact, one, it's one of the biggest reasons they go out on tour so they can sell a lot of T-shirts and stuff. <laughs> because of <laughs> The profit margins on that are are just astronomical. So the marketing people got a hold of the purple guys because the purple guys are engineers, kind of nerdy. You know, they they're the ones that came up with the concept, the whole purple grid. Basically, like I got their high end version. It's got some springs in it. It has memory foam, and then it has a purple grid. The purple grid keeps it from getting too hot. When you have a uh, like a uh, one of the other mattresses that's got memory foam in it, those get really warm which is fine in the wintertime. In the summertime, it's, it's horrible. You know? So uh, they've got their own okay. methods now to try to cool it down. Anyway, so long story short, I just really liked the product. It's selling like hotcakes. The profit margins on it are huge, so I'm in. <laughs> That's all I needed to know. Profit margins are so you huge. bought the mattress first. You bought yep. the mattress first, then you bought the stock? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I, I knew that they were public. And, and by the way, I anybody that do, doesn't know me, um, I played football from the time I was nine until I was 22. Uh, so I went to college and played, actually I played five years in college at, in Division One. And uh, my body just took a whooping. And so I, I, I typically don't sleep that well. And I've personally, I've just never slept as well as I did on that mattress. So that's, uh, I got it. And, and by the way, I saw them way before they came public because I'm always looking at mattresses. <laughs> it's one of those okay. things that I do in my life because I've, I've got so many injuries to my back. So I've got that. And I also have a sleep number, by the way, and, uh, I'm kind of torn, uh, as to which one is actually best for me. But uh, I can tell you they're a huge improvement. Both of those are huge improvements over regular mattresses. And my favorite is the purple mattress. So, you know, I did that Peter Lynch thing. You know, you buy stuff that you know and you like. And uh, I look at it and I'm going, wow, this is this is kind of easy. If I hadn't have been in the business for very long, uh, I probably wouldn't understand, like, the, the profit margins in a $100 set of sheets. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, anyway, it was the uh, that that's the kind of stuff you know. And if it doesn't work out, so what? It, it's not going to make or break my life, right? You know? Well, we're having a lot of fun with it. I mean, I, yes. I mean, I mean, I just got the idea from you, and I looked into it, and it made sense. I didn't ask, have to ask a lot of questions, right? By the way, that came it. up on a uh, momentum screen, and when I bought it, it was at a fifty-two week high. <laughs> Actually, it was at yeah, its all-time keep... high, and. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, that was pretty funny, and uh, which wasn't that. It was like 15 bucks. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was the last few days. It, it actually came down a lot. They beat – now, this is what's really funny. They beat the expectations, both on sales and profit margin, and the share price sells off. Stock goes down. You have to get used to that as an investor. It, ha- it happens so frequently that, it, to me, it's really not a, it's not a surprise at all. But people who haven't watched the stock market very closely look at that and go, hey, you know, what's wrong? What's happened? Um, it's just being a stock. <laughs> that's what they do. Well, and, three or 400%. I know that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, but anyway. Well, thanks for your time, Bill. I uh, appreciate it. No, um, thank- I just had a question about that one. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling and uh, appreciate it. Hey, 
Um, I think I may have. Give me a call this week. I may have a uh, place for us to uh, to do the uh, the meetings for your investment club. Oh, well, I'll certainly do that. Then that'll be wonderful. Yep. Whatever we can work out. Yep. Great. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. One of the things I really like about this business, um, you get to meet a lot of really nice people, and they're from all different categories. I've I've learned so much more about people. In jobs, in uh, life in general, being in, I'm not sure I would know this. Uh, I actually, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. If you had a job and you, you know, you got a great job or two or three jobs that you've held in your lifetime, and you're only in two or three places. The number of people that you come into contact with, not not that many. I mean, uh, really, it's not that many. And being in this position, I've gotten to meet a tremendous number of uh, super nice people, super smart. Um, that's a uh, uh, very, uh, um, well, I've enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. So don't feel like you can't call. Uh, and if I don't get back to you within 48 hours, you can bet I've just got been swamped that week. Uh, market's probably crashed <laughs> or it's down a lot. One, one of the two. And I'm trying to uh, call people back. So, you know, feel free to reach out and we've got nothing to hide. I mean, nothing to hide. That's the thing about being a fiduciary. Uh, first of all, you're legally obligated to work in your client's best interest. Otherwise, you can't have the accredited investment fiduciary symbol behind your name. Okay, It's, it's against the law. <laughs> but I would have done that anyway because I, you want your clients to do better. Uh, when they do better, I do better. Think about that for a second. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good thing. The, the tough spot I think that we're in today is you look at where interest rates are. And that is a, uh, I mean, it's just brutal. You've got interest rates that are so low. You've got a country that that's um, issuing a lot of debt. And a lot of people are worrying about that. And I'm telling you, you're worrying about the wrong things. That That's not going to cause, that's not going to be the cause of the stock market crashing. The companies that, that are causing prices to go up, they're publicly traded. A lot of them, their revenues are rising. Okay, they're rising because costs at some point in them, they're anticipating that they're going to go higher if they're not already going higher. Okay, this this pandemic, this is going to be over probably 18 months from now. The if you if you read about all the developments that are going on, uh, Bill Gates had a real nice interview on CNN the other day. So if you want to go to the what, uh, Internet, CNN dot com, uh, I think uh, his remarks were. Very, very helpful. He's leading the charge on being able to develop the vaccines for this. Fairly close. He doesn't have a vested interest in that, by the way. This is he's doing this through his uh, um, charitable work. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's it, it's things are going to be good. I, I'm convinced of it. Doesn't mean there aren't challenges. Doesn't mean the stock market is going to stop fluctuating and, and behave like you would like it to. But we'll have to finish that thought when we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. Sometimes the sky was so far away. Sometimes it seemed to stood so close. You could touch it, but your heart... Sing it! Oh, happiness! Sing it! Oh, happiness! I got a home. And we're back. 
Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. You go to my website if you have any questions. Um, I'll try to get back to you within 48 hours, I promise. We've been, uh, this has been very challenging for us. The Most of the, the brokerage firms that we work with have been working with smaller staffs, and a lot of them have been working from home. So things have not been nearly as fast as they have been in the past. Um, but, you know, we'll get through it. And like I said, the uh, the progress towards vaccines has been, this is probably going to be one of the fastest times to market for a vaccine of this type in the history of the world. So again, we're breaking records. And uh, anyway, so I thought I would uh, actually finish kind of today talking about the, the guaranteed side of investing. Right? So I'm looking at interest rates and I'm going to actually this cut me off uh, but I'm going to the market data home on the Wall Street Journal's website so you can see what the average bonds uh, prices are what their yields are and this is one of the reasons that I started thinking about getting a guaranteed income for a portion of your portfolio notice I'm not saying all of your money I, I would never say that the uh, I don't think it's smart to put all of your stuff in any one thing. That that's not a good idea. Uh, there's a you have to kind of take a look at what your goals are, where you are, how much risk you're willing to take. If you want to maintain returns that are above five percent a year, I'm going to tell you over the next ten years. I'm going to tell you that you're probably going to have to be minimally, minimally, seventy percent invested in stock funds. Stocks or stock funds. I prefer stock funds, by the way. You're going to have to be minimally 70% invested. Why? Well, because interest rates are so low. They're so low that you just can't make any money on them. When you're talking about a CD of of 1%, 10-year treasuries, less than 1%, that's tough. So, And that's one of the reasons that I was looking at the nationwide product is because markets are different. Times are different. You know, interest rates are lower now than they were during World War II or after World War II. When we came out with 145% debt relative to the size of the economy. By the way, we're right about at those same debt levels. So we've been here before. This is not the first time. This is not our first rodeo. It's my first rodeo because I wasn't born then. <laughs> But the um, interest rates are actually lower today than they were in the 1940s, even in the 1930s because of the Depression. Why are they lower today? Well, because actually we're more sophisticated. Yep, that's the answer. They didn't dare to lower them much lower than that back in those days. Now, some countries around the world literally charge you to hang on to your money for you and keep it safe called a negative interest rate. And from the sources that I have, the people that I talk to, most people think that that's highly unlikely. If you read uh, President of the Federal Reserve, Mr. Powell's remarks, you know he's not going there yet. He's not even thinking about it. But he says interest rates are probably remaining low. So here's my point. Uh, these products offer an alternative. If you're looking for some predictability for some income, 
this, this is how I'm using it. I, I'm approaching that age where I can't believe it. Uh, if Social Security were to stay the same, and I, I hardly doubt it's going to, but if it were to stay the same 10 years from now, I'd be able to take full Social Security and still make whatever I wanted to make working without having to pay any of it back. Okay, So in 10 years. So here's what I did. I put some money in there. 10 years from now, it, the, the full retirement age, I don't expect to be 67. I think it's going to be 72 by the time I get there. Okay, So I don't care. I'm going to turn that thing on because they're guaranteeing a certain amount of income and that, that will grow that, that amount of income, not the principal, not the investments. The amount of income is going to grow by 7% a year for 10 years and then it caps. It doesn't go up anymore. At that point in time, I'm just going to take the payments and reinvest them. <laughs> How cool is that? So uh, anyway, if you'd like to learn more about that, you know, feel free to give me a call or, or go to my website. I'll send you a link to the nationwide website where you can kind of put your age in there and it'll show you what kind of income you might be able to generate. Or if you know what kind of income you'd like to be able to generate, it's, uh, uh, you can work it backwards. So I, th- I think it's a viable option. Now, a lot of people I've talked to said, Bill, you flip-flopped. No, I didn't. This, first of all, this is not the same product that other people are talking about. Other people here locally on big radio stations, uh, it's not the same product. You're talking about a different one. There are an enormous type, number of types of annuities, and they constantly change. And, and if interest rates were 5 or 6%, if you could go get a 6% CD, by the way, that big sucking sound you hear would be the money coming out of the stock market and going into a 6% CD. <laughs> I promise you that would be happening. The chances of that happening are almost as good as me flying as long as I just flap my arms really hard. <laughs> I might be able to do that. I'll tell you what. I'm not jumping off of anything other than a curve on a sidewalk to give that a shot. I would not jump off of a building <laughs> thinking I could try that. My point here is that interest rates are low, probably remaining low for an extremely long time period. Why? Well, we, we had a lot of debt before the pandemic and now we've got more. If you were responsible for paying the interest on all that debt, trillions of dollars, what would you do? Would you raise the rates of interest out of the kindness of your heart? Would you? I, even if you wanted to, I'm not sure that other people around you would give you that opportunity to do that. So that's what I'm saying. The Fed is stuck. The government's stuck. They can't raise interest rates. You're hanging around waiting for a 5 or 6% CD. I think I'm going to be dead before that happens. I'm not that old. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> the, uh, so here's the deal. You have to deal with what is in front of you at the time. Anybody that's ever read anything about mindfulness, being present, What's present? What's here right now? I'll tell you what's here. There's a lot of debt. It's here. It's going higher. That The debt level is going to get higher. It means that interest rates are probably remaining low for the foreseeable future. That means over the next several years to, and I'm, I'm thinking it could be a decade or longer before you start to see higher interest rates. So your options on the investment side are to 
you could just increase the amount that you're investing in stocks and put up with the higher fluctuation. You can try to look for products like these that give you another option. It's just an option. So you may want to consider that when you're looking at it, and especially as you start to get older. I can't, um, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to on the phone that said, yeah, but in the long run, you're 75 years old. And you're not going to be here for the long run. It's the short run. <laughs> I never say that, by the way, except on the radio. <laughs> but now that they've heard it, they, and by the way, there are 15 people of you out there that think I'm talking about you. <laughs> it's not, you know, th- this is a fairly common conversation. You know, so don't think I'm picking you out and singling you out. It's not happening. It's fairly common. We're all in the same boat. I mean, everybody's in the same boat. We're all facing the same set of circumstances and we're trying to do the very best we can. That's all you can do. Do the best you can. I think there are some areas in the stock market that I thank goodness are extremely attractive. And you look at the, the 5G space, which, you know, the semiconductors are the biggest benefactors of that, but it also affects a lot of other companies. It affects all of technology. Look at Apple. Apple made a 52-week high. By the way, Apple, you know, people ask me about that all the time. Apple is in a uh, several of the ETFs that I hold. Okay, So I'm not worried about singling Apple out. I've held Apple multiple times. It's come in and out of scans. But it hit a 52-week high just recently. And Apple now has a price-to-sales ratio of 8. That's an all-time high for Apple. So it's selling at eight times its sales. They had $273 billion in revenue last quarter. It was up almost 11%. That's pretty good, especially when you're $273 billion. But the market value of the stock is $2.12 trillion. With the T. A trillion is a thousand billion. <laughs> yeah. So it's selling at eight times its average sales. Now that's okay. That's actually a little ahead of itself, quite frankly. So I'm not, I'm really not a huge fan of, of Apple at these prices. And I don't care if Apple doubles, you know, actually when Apple was selling at four times its average its annual revenues, that means like when it was half the price it is, it was fully valued. So what does it do? It doubles. Why? Because it's a stock. And that's what they do. They go a lot higher than they should. They go a lot lower than they should. And thank goodness that they do that because if they didn't, actually, you know what? I I take it back. If stocks behaved predictably exactly as they should, investing would just be easy. You would just go look up the fund that's got the return that that you're looking for and that's it. You'd be done. It's over. (laughs) I kind of, at this stage of my career, I wish it worked that way. I could retire and not have to worry about anybody. (laughs) Anyway, I hear the music. That means my show is over. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can find me on my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. 
Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.